Okay, I just started a recording. I too am a recording. A recording. Uh, awesome. Should we clap? Let's clap. <laughs> Even though Ben hates it. Yeah, or let's laughs do at it. it. Okay, <laughs> you go. Okay, one, two, three. Uh oh. <laughs> I think it's fine. <laughs> Are you a good witch or a bad bitch? I've been a rebel all my life. We will not remain hidden figures. We have names. Oh, if it's naughty to rule your lips, shake your shoulders, shake your hips, and let a lady confess I want to be bad. I didn't kid you, did I? Well, now you know. Mm, hey, Han. Hey, Deanna. How are what's up, you? What's up? What's up? <laughs> not much. We're still on opposite coasts. We are. I think this is the last episode where we will be on opposite coasts. Although I guess theoretically now we know how if we like somehow don't manage to get our shit together and get to each other, I could record in my house and you could record in yours. Though that kind of ruins the fun of it. I don't. Well, I think we're getting the hang of it, though. No, we are. But I mean, like if I'm in my own house and you're oh. so close to me. I just mean I like coming to see you guys. Yeah. But I get it. Like if it's raining or snowing, it's gross outside. Right, Which right, does right. happen, and sometimes I feel bad, like, when the trains suck, like, maybe the trains aren't it running sometimes. It does take, like, an hour and 15 minutes to get to your house from my house, even though we live off of the same train. I know. And we it's live, really I think, 11 miles away from each other, which is nothing. I know. In this city, like, one mile takes forever to traverse. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, Yeah. You are listening to Good Witches, Bad Bitches. You are listening, indeed, to Good Witches, Bad Bitches. We are a uh, weekly podcast where we talk about women throughout history. And give our opinions on stuff that happened to them. So suck it. So suck it. <laughs> that's we are new. opinionated women, and if that's not what you're here for, then you came to the wrong place. Get out now. Get out while you still can. Get out while you still can. Um, and yeah, otherwise, are you, welcome. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. I'm still angry. <laughs> I know. I'm just it's, like. It's been a, a, a time. We, yeah, we live in a time. We live in the darkest gonna timeline. End. And by the time everyone's listening to this, I think the final Game of Thrones will have uh been seen by all and yep we so. have we have we are recording before the the series finale and i'm sure it's going to piss me off just as much as the <laughs> yeah. penultimate episode um, though we'll not get into it but i will say i had a, a very actually encouraging conversation with my roommate about it oh. where he was like yeah I'm, he's like once i've i acknowledge that i hated this season uh, I'm really enjoying just watching a, a show based off of a Game of Thrones fan fiction. <laughs> and he's like, I really can't wait to read the real book and see how things actually go down. Oh, no. That's good, though. I like I, that. I mean, things may go down somewhat similarly, but we'll definitely... I mean, not everything's going to be the same because George R. R. Martin has definitely said um, there are characters that are dead in the show that are alive in my book and vice versa. So there you go. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. But anyway... I don't want to so harp funny. too much on that because I will inevitably get into spoiler land and I don't want to do that. Oh, I know. Although, like, what could we spoil at this point? But yes, I agree. <sighs> they I spoiled agree. it just fine on their own. Boom. Roasted. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> End of that rant. 
Exactly. Yeah. So um, I want I, I'm going to start this episode, I think, with a n- not very nice, like not warm and fuzzy thing that that actually we both on our own found. And we're like, mm-hmm. oh, my God, did you read this Twitter thread? Yeah. Because we both in bed read it to our partners and we're like, holy shit. Um, which yeah. I'm sure doesn't make Alex feel any less anxious since he kind of relies on um, Lyft and Uber when he's on his own. Um, but anyway, well, yeah. um, this it comes it will be a couple weeks ago now. Um, there was a woman who did a Twitter thread about a crazy experience she had um, with a Lyft driver in Houston, Texas. Um, She's a New York Times bestselling author for yeah. anybody who might know of Kelly Barnhill who's listening. Yeah. So, yes. So this is Kelly Barnhill's thing, and I will read the thread. So she started this. um, It was from May 9th, and she said, Happy Thursday, my dears and my darlings. Earlier this week, I vaguely mentioned a scary thing that happened while on a Lyft ride. I have reported it in all these days and multiple messages later. Lyft has not reached out. So I'm going to tell my story here right now. And while I'm doing it, I'd really like to hear from other people about rideshare trips gone terribly wrong. I didn't realize before Sunday how very, very vulnerable we are in these cars with strangers, but we are, and at this moment, I'm not sure the convenience is worth it. On Sunday evening, May 5th, I arrived at the Houston airport. Which which one? I guess it doesn't matter. Um, I wasn't in a huge hurry to get to my hotel, so I first checked to see how long it would take for a public transportation trip. Too long. Two and a half hours. What the heck, Ugh. Houston? Fix your fu- your public transport, <laughs> which I can attest. Like, one time I went to the wrong airport, and I had to take, like, a... Uh, a shuttle oh because my like my mom had booked my flights and she thought she booked us going out of the same airport and she did not and so Ah. she left and got went in for her flight and then i went in to go uh to the terminal for mine and they're like you're at the wrong airport honey and i'm like well i'm gonna miss my flight then so we fuck so uh continues i hailed a lift the driver arrived at 7.34. He was a personable fellow, youngish, handsome, smiled easily. I didn't feel uncomfortable at all getting into his car. The first thing he did was complain that the directions the app gives him were, quote, not the best way. I told him I've had similar gripes with Google Maps, always favoring packed freeways over zippy, pretty parkways. I ignored a lot. I didn't realize that he was actually telling me he was intending to go off route. Ugh. I didn't realize he was actually telling me he was intending to turn the app off. But he did do both of those things. He then asked if he could stop for gas. Fine, I said, and I meant it. Oh, God. As we left the gas station, I peeked at the app. It said we would arrive at the hotel at 8.11. We chatted about his family, what brought him to Houston, other jobs. He told me I had pretty eyes. Thanks, I said, and I changed the subject. Uh, He said it again. I clammed up. I decided to do email tasks on my phone. I noticed uh, that the app now said we would arrive at 8.15, then quickly 8.20, then again 8.25. Are we going the right way? I asked. It didn't look like it. Yes, he said. Houston traffic is terrible. We'll miss it. Which I can attest. Houston traffic is terrible. (laughs) He told me my eyes were pretty again. I pretended I didn't hear. (sighs) It was getting dark. I didn't realize we were headed in the opposite direction of the city. It was getting darker. I wasn't paying attention, focusing on trying to sound smart in an email using the tiny keyboard on my phone. I kept my eyes down. (laughs) Finally, I finished my email and hit send, but it didn't send. I checked the app. It said it couldn't find service. I tried calling my husband, but my cell was out of range. 
Outside, I could see no city lights, no buildings, no nothing, just an empty sweep of land and cows. Are we going the right way? I asked. Just relax, he said. I know what I'm doing. Oh, I said. We were traveling at around 90 miles an hour. Houston traffic, I said. Yes, Houston traffic. According to Lyft's website, what one is supposed to do in these situations is demand to be let off. Apparently, there's a call for help button too, but that doesn't help you if your phone doesn't work. And I could see how it wouldn't and I couldn't see how it would help while we're going 90 on a lonely Texas road. Like probably half of you, I was raised a girl. And one of the things we learned while being raised a girl is how to keep the peace, how to keep the tone light and airy even if our hearts are pounding, how to keep the man in your presence from getting angry or escalating. So I made pleasant conversation. I talked about my kids. I talked about how much I do for them, how much they need me. I did this in an unemotional way. I did this to humanize myself. I did this because I was scared out of my mind that I didn't know where this man was taking me. And then because hell, I'm a writer. I make shit up for a living. I've been doing this for 15 years, longer. There was a voice in my head that said, come on, tell a frickin' story. So I did. I shifted the conversation to ridiculous annoyances at work. I complained about my own employer, a transnational security firm. I'm a low-level employee, obviously. I work in corporate communications, and my job largely entails preventing my bosses from sounding like idiots. I made shit up telling funny stories about made-up co-workers, my ex-Green Beret boss, my co-worker who was in Special Forces who has a neck so big I think its circumference is bigger than my hips, the guy with the Russian accent who swears he was born in Vermont. I complained about my fancy Pixel phone. It's not fancy. It's first generation, and I bought it for 50 bucks from a friend who got it for free through his job at Adobe. I said it was nice and all to get it from my employer, but all these security features are so annoying. I told him my boss literally knows where I am at all times. I told him it meant that I never have a moment's peace. I told him that he knows when I'm running late and calls me to chew me out. And I'm pretty sure my phone is listening and recording me all the time. So smart. Yeah, oh, yeah. I never would have thought about this stuff. Ugh. Um, He told me at this point that traffic was probably low enough to take the freeway, so we made a hard turn. I have Ugh. no idea where we were. All I know is that it was 8.40 by this time, and I had been in his car for over an hour. At 8.45, oh, I had signal. I called my husband. I pretended he was my boss. I told him I'd be back at the hotel at, I asked the driver what time? Nine, he said. Nine, I said to my husband. I'll Skype you at nine. I promise I won't be late. I forced the shake out of my voice. My poor husband was so confused. Okay, he said. He told me later he wanted to call me a weirdo, but when he realized later what was going on, now it makes him cry. Oh, that breaks my heart. So sad. She says, I know I should have called the police. The only thing I wanted was to get out of that car. The only thing I wanted was to prevent the situation from escalating. I was in full hostess mode, anticipating reactions, smoothing wrinkles, keeping the edges neat. We arrived at the hotel. Thank you, I said. Thank you so much. My hands shook. I dropped my phone. My legs wobbled. I turned around and went into the hotel, and I didn't look back. Finally, I checked my phone. I opened the Lyft app to look for instructions to report the driver, but instead I found a receipt. The ride that was supposed to cost me 30 bucks cost me 94. In some ways, this was a good thing. My fear could now be replaced with anger. Anger is useful. (laughs) I was in that car all told for 90 minutes. Now there are two possibilities. Either I was in the car for 90 minutes with a predator and it's a miracle I got out of there unscathed. Or I was in the car for 90 minutes with a criminal knucklehead who wanted to bilk me into paying the higher fare. The second option may well be true. 
All that pretty eyes nonsense could well be a ham-handed way of distracting the 40-something not realizing that in the real world that shit is creepy. The thing is, I have no way of knowing. And the thing is, both options are atrocious. So I called Lyft that night. They refunded me the difference. So I still had to pay 30 bucks to be terrified out of my mind for 90 minutes. Thanks, Lyft. My conversation was on Sunday. As of writing this on Thursday, they have not yet reached out. The only message that was a canned bot message from a helpful AI named Max. No last name, no phone calls, nothing. When I talked to the gentleman on Sunday, I said, this man should not be driving anyone through your service. He said, we can set it up so he can't pick you up anymore. I said, he needs to not pick up anyone. He said, well, I flagged him for investigation. I told him that this driver also drives for Uber. We can't help that, he said. Jesus Christ. And then she retweeted a, a from uh, uh, from Lyft. They had tweeted back at her. being like, oh, my God, we're so sorry to hear about your experience. Blah, blah, blah. Reach out to us. <laughs> she said, by the way, this is all I'm getting from Lyft right now. This and an email version of this. But here's the thing. As I sat in the back of that car, as I watched the world get dark and the land stretch away on either side of the road, I realized that it isn't that I'm vulnerable right now, though I was. We're vulnerable every time. I was in a school in San Diego earlier this month, and the teacher said that parents regularly have Lyfts and Ubers pick up their kids from school since they don't know if they'll be stuck in traffic. And I mean, I get it. Traffic is bananas. But these are parents who would never dream of sending their children to a school where the teachers didn't have to undergo thorough background checks and vetting. And every other adult. And yet they will let their kids go off in a moving vehicle with an unvetted adult stranger. And you know what? Prior to this... I might think it's a little weird, but I wouldn't have thought too much about it. And I didn't at the time. Uber and Lyft are incredibly convenient, but that convenience comes at a cost. And it's not lost on me that I'm posting this one day after strike Uber Lyft. The cost is not only to our safety, but the dignity of some really awesome drivers as well who put their own safety on the line and make way too little money in service to their corporate overlords. Extractive capitalism, as it turns out, cares little about the safety of customers and cares even less for the dignity and safety of, and contributions of the workers that keep the whole system afloat. I'm mad about what happened to me. I'm mad about the whole damn thing. Thank you so much for listening, my angels. It means a lot. I'm logging off and headed to do infinity errands in my own damn car. I appreciate all of you. Ugh, <laughs> oh, it's so harrowing. Mm-hmm. I just like... I don't know. You always think it's not going to happen to you. Mm-hmm. And you just, you just never know. And so she, many women yeah. have to she, like. She, I will say she did do an update and Lyft has banned that driver. Well, so good. They did something, but I hopefully Uber's going to do something about him too. Yeah. Well, and if you're not a New York Times bestselling author who has a bunch of people spamming those services on your behalf, until they have to fucking do something like it's I don't know I don't want to say it's good that it happened to someone like her because then she could rally people but Mm -hmm. at the same time like it's good that she had a base to rally for that Mm -hmm. all that to say uh stay safe please listeners and be careful and pay attention and exactly exactly (laughs) just be conscientious because oh yeah yeah oh yeah yeah indeed Are you a good witch or a bad bitch? 
Let us know by becoming a patron on, on our, our Patreon. Patreon. <laughs> oh, no. Patreon is a service that helps content creators like ourselves keep the ship going and make sure that we're able to cover all the costs that uh, come along with doing our podcast. And the more patrons we get, hopefully the more content we can start creating exclusively oh, yeah. for patrons. Yes. So if you are interested in something like that, please become a patron so that we can start creating that content for you. Also, when you become a patron, you will get a shout out on our podcast and we will thank you personally on air. How exciting is that? Very exciting. Yeah, yeah. You can find us at patreon.com slash podcast. Well, I, I won't say that the lady I picked is like super uplifting, but... <laughs> She's very interesting, and she's super important for um, a few reasons that I'll get into. Um, but it is still uh, Asian Pacific Islander Heritage Month. Yeah, 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 it is. And I have really, really been wanting to do someone uh, with Hawaiian ancestry or of Hawaiian, you know, importance. Mm-hmm. And so I finally am doing that. Like Native Hawaiian? Native Hawaiian. Yeah. Yes, ma'am. Uh, so I am doing, and I, you guys, I'm so sorry. I'm going to butcher a lot of names. Hashtag usual disclaimer about us uh, being crap at, at names. I know. We try. I, we try. I really am trying. Yeah. <laughs> I just, you'll have to bear with me sounding this, these names out because they are long. Uh, Hawaiian names can be. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, well, and these specifically, especially because... Um, the woman that I'm about to talk about is royalty. I have a feeling I know so, who you're going to do. But oh, I'm yeah? Because I don't oh, yeah? know much about her. The the queen of Hawaii? The, what, the, f- the one who was the, the monarch right before Hawaii became a territory of the U.S.? Correct. As it became a territory of the U.S.? Yep. yep. Played by Corianka the- Kilcher in the movie. In which movie? It? The movie about it. I don't know. They did a movie about her that Corianka Kilcher played her. Oh, I'll, we'll, we'll have to look that up and maybe link to it because I've never seen it. Mm. So, yes, I'm doing the last, first and last uh, queen of Hawaii. What's her name? Her name. Oh, God. Okay, here we go. Her name is Lydia Lili Loloku Walania Wewehi Kamaka. Oh, that's it. Kam- Kamaka. <laughs> From now on, I will probably either be saying Lydia or Lily. Um, she was known Just by both. So that you don't have to sound oh, foolish yes. over and over and over and over and over. Over and over and over again. However, you know, she has brothers and mothers and um, other people in her life whose names I will have to say. So this will continue. So Lydia was born one of 15 children. Which is just like upsetting to think about. <laughs> one of a... one of fifteen children on September second, eighteen thirty eight. Cool. Her mother go, was go Virgos. <laughs> oh no, oh Virgos, you guys. We have a lot um, of Virgo pride. Her mother was High Chiefess or Chiefess. I'm not sure if there's a typo in this or not. High Chiefess or High Chiefess. Uh, Analea Keo Hoka Lole and High Chief Caesar Kala 
Ka- You're doing great. Luaiku Kappa. <laughs> Whew. Her mother was one you need of... a cigarette after that? <laughs> <sighs> okay. Her mother was one of the 15 counselors of the King Kamehameha III, and she was educated by missionaries, which I didn't realize was kind of customary at the time for Hawaiian nobility, but it was um, because... Interesting. You know, Hawaii really, it did start to westernize um, after a while, and that became part of its uh, customs. Yep. You know? It's, yep. It is what it is. I thought this was interesting. Following Hawaiian naming practices, Lily's given name at birth <laughs> was the name that I already said that I'm not going to try saying again. Um, wow, you did such a great job. Uh, shush, your, shush your mouth. Um, and traditionally, Hawaiian parents created new names for their children. They Like out of nowhere? Well, they, the, they were given careful thought based on dreams, visions, or, like, events that happened at the time of the child's birth. Yeah. And so Lily's great aunt developed an eye infection at the time of her birth. (laughs) And so her names mean, Liliu means smarting. Loloku. Loloku means tearful. Walania was a burning pain. And Kamaka Eha was sore eyes. So that's an interesting name. Yeah. Like it seems really strange to us, but at the same time, it, it was um, it was just a name to commemorate something, a significant event that ha- was happening at the time of her birth and, right. and kind of yeah. give context to it. So Okey-dokey. that was a custom I did not know. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Um, she spent time in the court of Kamehameha Four. And in 1862, she married an American, John Owen Dominus, who was the son of a ship captain. Well, holy shit. I didn't know that. Yeah. Kind of interesting. And he... That's uh, fascinating. He would serve later as governor of Oahu and Maui. Wow. So he was... Yeah. He was on board. They didn't have any kids, um, which I think is kind of... I don't know. I, I don't think that's part of why she was the last queen, but I don't think it helped. Yeah. Because um, there were a lot of things that were they were sort of able to do to her as a result of a lot of times changing. But sure. uh, her elder brother, David, was chosen king in 1874. And apparently that was a thing. They If there was no heir, they would just choose a king. They were, like, kind of elected. Yeah, I mean, wasn't that the same thing? Um, The poet priestess that we did from the Mm -hmm. Caribbean. um, I feel like that's what they did in her culture as well. Yes, although I think her culture was still more open-minded about women and women's roles in, you know, their local government Hawaiian culture apparently it was for a long time considered taboo to do a lot of things in the presence of women and women were not allowed to hold um they weren't allowed to rule necessarily so except they were in special a cases. patriarchal society yeah Anna Kaona that's her name Anna Kaona yeah fuck god that woof 
We've done so <laughs> many. That was so many episodes ago now. We've done so many, so many episodes. Um, so yeah, they her, her her brother was chosen as king, her older brother, and he went ahead and named their younger brother as the next heir. So okay. whenever whenever David died, this younger brother was supposedly going to take his place. Okay. Um, but the youngest brother died in 1877. And so oh. Lydia was named heir to the throne in that case. It was kind of like a last a last resort. Um, and so as crown princess, she was thereafter known by her royal name, Liliu Kalani. Lilio, good God, Liliu Kalani. You're doing so great. Jesus, I suck. In 1881, she acted as David's regent during the King's World Tour. So he went off and toured the world, and she stuck around and ruled Hawaii in his place and uh, worked to organize schools for Hawaii's youth. Um, and in her spare time, she composed her own songs, which oh. is kind of like a cool thing that she did in her own time, but she is said to have composed one song in particular that has become kind of like a, a Hawaiian, um, I won't say anthem, but, you know, it's very well beloved in mm-hmm. Hawaiian culture. Um, and the song is Aloha Oe Oe, which means farewell to thee. And it's synonymous with the Hawaiian islands at this point. And Whoa. yeah. As the story goes, the queen was touring Oahu when she witnessed a royal officer being given a lay and a goodbye from a Hawaiian girl. A tune came into her head, and whether that was what inspired the song or not, by the time she was done writing for the day, the farewell song was finished. Wow. Um, And then later on, the song was reinterpreted as a lament for the loss of her country, which I think is super interesting because... You know, yeah, it's I think a lot of people thought that that was what it was composed for, not realizing the original story. But I think that's fine. Yeah, I think if that's what it became and and it became meaningful to her people for that reason, then that's, you know, all the better. Yeah, for sure. Um, So in 1887, uh, Crown Princess Lily and her brother's wife served as Hawaii's representatives at Queen Victoria's Crown Jubilee in London. That's quite a distance. (laughs) Yeah. So they went to London and they were like, hi, we're here on behalf of Hawaii. And they were received by the queen herself. And that's where they met uh, President Grover Cleveland, who um, was really uh, sympathetic to Hawaii. Like he felt like Hawaii should be its own country. Yeah. Which it was at the time. Um, Well, Grover Cleveland, I think, is kind of notorious for being kind of impotent. Uh, (laughs) Not just sexually. I don't know. I don't know about his his sexual prowess. Uh, But I mean, (laughs) I mean, his governing. Oh, good God. (laughs) Shoot me now. (laughs) Okay. So she met Grover Cleveland. And uh, at the same time that she was there, this this fucking sucks. Her brother was back in Hawaii being being forced by a bunch of fucking white dudes who came and and basically uh, got him at knife point and said, hey, sign this 
sign this new constitution that we wrote for you and for Hawaii. And it actually... Who were they working on behalf of if she was with the president? That's fucking stupid. Themselves. They just, they were capitalist business owners. Great. Just they they saw a lot of potential in Hawaii, you know, sugarcane and and yeah, no shit, all that shit. And they were like, oh, we want this for ourselves. And so they forced King David to sign what became known as the Bayonet Constitution. What? Because it was a knife point? Uh-huh. So, yeah, according to Wikipedia, the 1887 Constitution of the Kingdom of Hawaii was a legal document prepared by anti-monarchists to strip the Hawaiian monarchy of much of its authority, initiating a transfer of power to American, European, and Native Hawaiian elites. Read businessmen. Yeah. Yep. It became known as the Bayonet Constitution for the use of intimidation by the armed militia, which forced King David to sign it or be deposed. Sign it or be deposed. Good option. Yep. yep. Sign it or die, basically. Um, Lily opposed this constitution, obviously. No, duh. Um, and, oh, And she also opposed the Reciprocity Treaty, which her brother had also been intimidated into signing, and it granted commercial privileges to the United States, along with control over Pearl Harbor. So her dislike of this illegal constitution, which, of course, she, quote, dislikes this illegal constitution, it's, uh, it ruined her country. Um, It lost, the fact that she didn't like it, lost her the support of those businessmen um (laughs) shock before she even had a chance to take the throne fuck you yeah they were like oh you don't like our constitution well we don't like you yeah you are taking away our profits when her when her brother died in early 1891 lily succeeded him becoming the first woman ever to rule hawaii alone Queen, fuck, another name that I'm going to butcher, Ka'a Humanu, who was only, so I I told you that women couldn't be queen. She was queen because she had a co-leader, Queen Ka'a Humanu, um, a century before. When was that? A century earlier. Oh, in the 1700s? Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, she was another person I was going to do. Um, so yeah, so Queen Lily was the first woman to ever rule alone without a co-leader. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And as queen, she acted to implement a new constitution that would ideally restore the powers lost through the Bayonet Constitution. Yeah. And in January 1893, a group of American and European businessmen with the support of U.S. Minister John Stevens and a contingent of U.S. Marines... Fun. Staged a coup to depose the queen. Cool. Yeah. Cool, 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 cool. Yeah. So she surrendered because... not for political reasons, but for monetary gain. Fun. Yeah. Fuck you. Yeah, exactly. That was We want your land. (laughs) Yes. Oh, Benji. Poor guy. Uh, We want your land, and we're going to force you to hand it over. And that's basically that. Yep. Great. Um... Great. And she she didn't want any bloodshed, so she surrendered because, like, 
she didn't want people to die for her for this. And she figured, okay, I'm going to go to my friend, President Cleveland, and, you know, get him to call off the Marines and the bez- businessmen and yeah. reinstate me. Um, oh, God, it's just like, it sucks so much. So, unfortunately, uh, some fucking douchebag named Sanford Dole had been, quote, elected president of the new Republic of Hawaii that these businessmen thought they would institute. Sorry, with- who is voting? <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> that's that's why there are quotation marks around elected president. Uh-huh. <sighs> because who do you think's voting? Uh, white dudes? White the businessmen? businessmen. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah. Sorry, so. you're not electing the CEO or the head of your board. <laughs> oh, I know. That's not how that works. That's not democratic. Well, this is why a lot of people say that Hawaii is, like, not a U.S. state. And that actually it should be, you know, reinstated as its own country. Because it was forcibly taken and nobody who ruled Hawaii said, yeah, Cool. We'll join you. Like, that's fine. I mean, Mm -hmm. obviously, most of America was forcibly taken from somebody. But. Yep. (laughs) You know, like many Native Hawaiians, some who still have uh, blood blood ties to the throne um, are still there. You know, like they're still (laughs) basically over there saying, hey, you took our country and we would just like it back please um yeah it's very it's it's a lot so the sanford dole guy was really not keen to give her uh the throne back so (laughs) even though president cleveland offered lily reinstatement in return for her granting amnesty to all those who had been involved in the coup so basically he was like yeah you can go back to being queen of hawaii as long as you say all those people who took over your government um are pardoned by you and can leave safely okay she was like all right i will do that that's fine like whatever i have to do and she got back and sanford dole was like nah fun this is stupid i know i told you it was gonna make you mad (laughs) so early in 1895 after loyalist robert wilcox so loyal to hawaii Um, led a failed insurrection aimed at restoring Lily to the throne, the queen was placed under house arrest and charged by fucking Sanford Dole with treason. Even though she didn't lead it, or did he get charged with treason? Oh, the loyalist did. The loyalist... The loyalist started this insurrection, um, and I'm not sure if it was at her behest or not, but either way, he did it, and she got charged with treason. Got it. So now she's under house arrest. She agreed to sign a formal abdication of the throne in late January in exchange for the pardon of the supporters who led the revolt. So she was like so protective of her people that she was not willing to let any of them die for for her to have the throne. She would rather give up the throne. Yeah. Yeah. But Europeans don't. (laughs) 
No. You know? So they take advantage of that shit. Um, the formal abdication said, Now, to avoid any collision of armed forces and perhaps loss of life, I do, under this protest and impelled by said forces, yield my authority until such time as the action of its representatives uh, and reinstate me in the authority which I claim as the constitutional sovereign of the Hawaiian Islands. So she was basically like, yeah, they forced me to say this. So... You know. I'll say it because I'm being forced to say it, but also, FYI, I'm being forced to say it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and later she tried to claim that the abdication was invalid because she had signed her married name rather than her royal one, which I was like, Interesting. ah, clever. Smart. Um, yeah. Or so with a smart attempt. Yeah. Like, <laughs> she did what she could, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Um, but with no children of her own, she designated her niece, Kaiolani, as heir. And in 1896, the two women traveled to Washington again together to try and convince President Cleveland to restore the Hawaiian monarchy. And though Cleveland was sympathetic, he was on his way out. And William McKinley didn't give a shit. And he uh, annexed Hawaii in July 1898. Mm. I know. And uh, so her niece um, was in poor health and died uh, in 1899. And Lily withdrew from public life and lived until 1917 when she suffered a stroke and passed away at the age of 79. Ugh, I know. That one was such a bummer. And I... I tried to make it as long as I could because so many of the articles that I found were just kind of like, yeah, she was a queen and like she yeah, got she's overthrown. she's another one of those who totally had her history kind of swept under the rug. Yeah. Um, thanks to colonialism. Which, yep. oh, I do have a cor- correction in looking it up and hearing your story. Um, yeah. The film is called Princess Kailani. So I guess it's about the niece. Oh, yeah, yeah. So Koryanka Kilcher plays Princess Kailani. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. Yeah. Cool. We'll link to that then. Will you send me the link for that? I sent you a link to the Wikipedia page for it. Perfect. That's perfect. Yeah, yeah, dude. Like, it's, uh, it's, it really sucks that (laughs) women finally, a woman finally takes the throne in Hawaii, like, autonomously, and then it's completely stolen from her. Although, Granted, she never had, she just never had a chance because her brother signed that fucking bayonet constitution. Right. While she was gone. (sighs) While she was gone, before she ever had the throne. And she was really given, given a shitty situation. But man, those fucking businessmen, I I just like, as I was researching, I just sat there seething (laughs) because it's so frustrating. Yeah, they really took advantage there. I mean, they, yeah. And they took advantage of the fact that she had no interest in spilling blood. She had no Which interest again in, reminds you know, me of Anna Kaona, who tried her fucking best to be like, OK, the situation is super shitty, but we're going to do what we can to maintain the peace and and make things as OK as possible for my people so that they don't die. Yeah. And then they still get fucked over. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, the Europeans are always willing to fuck some shit up and 
you know the the violence they're willing to inflict in those stories is it's just not worth it <laughs> yeah. for the people who are being um tormented by them right exactly um but yeah but that's why her story is important is because she was sort of the last line of defense when hawaii was really threatened and finally overrun by fucking gross business people (sighs) yeah i know so that's the first and last queen of of hawaii and the first the first like i said the first queen in the 1700s was a co-ruler so it kind of is like you know she kind of counts and kind of doesn't count she's amazing in her own way and we'll have to talk about her at some point yeah but um, she, but not only was she the first and last queen, she was the last regent of yep. the kingdom of Hawaii. Period. Yep. Period. Yes, ma'am. Wow. Oh, I know. So that's that's the story. I'm gonna say her name one more time, even though I'm gonna butcher it. That's the that's the story of Queen Liliu Okalani. <laughs> I did a new on this day. On this day. For the 22nd, right, of May? Yes, ma'am. Boom. Look All at right. Me. I can use a calendar. You can use a calendar on this day. There was a lot of weird shit. Today's a weird day, my friends. Okay. I'm ready. Buckle, I'm buckled in and ready to go. Yeah. I think maybe, um, uh, oh my God, I was going to say Jupiter is in re- retrograde. <laughs> Mercury. I think maybe Mercury is consistently in re- retrograde on this day. Um, just a lot of weird random shit so 334 BC the Macedonian army of Alexander the Great defeats Darius III of Persia in the Battle of Granicus whoa 1761 I just thought this was funny the first life insurance policy in North America is issued in Philadelphia (laughs) cool (laughs) Um, this is relevant to last week's episode 1906, mm. the Wright brothers are granted a patent for their, quote, flying machine. Oh. Yes, ma'am. So they made it and they had flown it and then they were like, well, shit, we got to patent this shit. Yep. We, we got to patent it. They, <laughs> apparently they they applied for it three years earlier and they were finally granted it on this day in 1906. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh. Let's see. 1962, Continental Airlines Flight 11 crashes after bombs explode on board. Ugh. Oof. Uh, 1973, President Nixon confesses his role in Watergate cover-up. Bye, boy. Yay. Uh, yeah. And so then, of course, in 1998, a federal judge rules that United States Secret Service agents can be compelled to testify before a grand jury concerning the Monica Lewinsky and Bill Clinton scandal. Whoa. Okay. So lots of scandals. Yeah. Uh, I just thought this was funny. 2015, Netflix announces that Mary-Kate and Olsen, uh, Mary-Kate and, Jesus Christ. Woo, Hannah. (laughs) (laughs) Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen will not appear on Full House. Which, cool. Oh, no. You mean Fuller Um, House? Fuller House. Yeah, that's weird. This doesn't say... I just copied and pasted it as Full House. Whoops. 
2017, this is sad, the suicide bombing at Manchester Arena in England after the Ariana Grande concert. Oh, yeah. Which killed 22 and injured 59. That was today. A lot of children. (sighs) A lot of children. Uh, 2018, Stacey Abrams is the first black woman to be nominated as U.S. state governor. One. Yep. Yep. Fuck you, Brian Kemp. Yep. And all the shit you're trying to do right now, you piece of shit. I know the gerrymandering is real. Mm-hmm. Um, and lastly, to top off my Mercury retrograde list, Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg is questioned by members of the European Parliament in the wake of its security scandal. So, lots wow. of scandals. <laughs> That's yeah, clearly. Lots of scandals, lots of questioning, lots of bombs. Yikes. God. Um, yeah. That's that. That is that. That's that. So that concludes this sort of um, up and down episode. Why don't you tell me something that you are actually excited about? Okay. So I'm ready for this. So um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I got to go recently while in California to um as as of time of recording this happened yesterday but it'll be a a few 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 days after that now um but i got to go to this um marine mammal wildlife rehabilitation center which is open to the public and i got to see i'll send you some videos some really cute little baby sea lions and harbor seals and elephant seals and they're so cute and so loud like, the the elephant seals kept making sounds with their mouths that sounded like massive farts being ripped, and it was so funny. It was just like clicking out of their mouths. Oh and I God. learned I learned that elephant seals apparently spend barely any time ashore. Like the only time that they spend ashore is basically to breed, oh. um, and to give birth. But that the rest of the time they're like in the deep, and that they can hold their breath for like two hours. And I was like, what? Because they dive up to it like 2,000 feet. And um, that I was like, well, that's really efficient oxygen usage. And they're like, oh, yeah, no, they what they do is they have like uh, a a place where super oxygenated blood is stored and slowly pumps. And they basically collapse their lungs (sighs) when when they take in their breath so that they can just like keep it keep it. not in use until they need to again it, it's crazy but it, they, it was so cool Damn. and it was kind of off the beaten track it like it wasn't this big giant place it was just somewhere that alex knew about from being a kid that he would walk to from like a place he would like go skateboarding and stuff oh so we walked over that. there yeah and it was Good. i was having so much joy so i'm excited that that place oh. exists and is doing the good work that it does yeah, animals are very healing. Yeah, so especially mammals. That. I'm very yeah. uh, partial to mammals. I think that's very speciesist, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you relate to them a little bit more, I think. I am a mammal myself, that's true. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> but a lot of the oh. work they do was like teaching babies how to eat because that's oh. that was one of the main things at this time of year. They said it's like um, pup season. So it's like um, the parents have left the the pups to kind of learn how to fend for themselves and they find a lot of ones that are malnourished and don't know how to eat because uh, you know until then they'd been getting milk from their mother 
and they have to basically train them how to eat fish. <laughs> Little babies. I know. Oh my God. I'll that... send you a video. It's great. Oh, yes, please do. Oh, my God. I just, I love it. I love little yeah. baby, little baby yeah. animals. Little baby the only, animals. The only kind of babies I like, really. Exactly. <laughs> that is very true <laughs> of you. Yeah. Yeah. I could surround myself with, like, animals all day for the rest of my life and be totally happy. I support uh, you in that. I guess I should just never go to Georgia. <laughs> or Alabama. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yep. We'll we'll uh, we'll cut that. <laughs> uh, I love that, and thank you for sharing. That makes me happier. <laughs> You're welcome. You just wait for the videos. Oh my god, I am yep. very excited. I might post them to Instagram. We'll see. Um, otherwise, you guys, I think that's I think that's our show. That's what we've got for you this week. That's what we've got. Until Please, next time, uh, we yeah. we're happy to be here for you. Yeah, man. Peace out, witches. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Good Witches, Bad Bitches. Thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Good Witches, Bad Bitches is hosted by Deanna Greif. Me. You. And you. <laughs> Hannah Ferguson. And we're produced by Benjamin Garst. Um, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify. Google Play. Google Play. Pretty much more. anywhere you listen to your podcasts, you can find us there. We're also on social media. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook, GWBB Podcast. You can also email us at gwbbpodcast at gmail.com. We love to receive emails. If you have a story about a woman in your life that you want to hear on air, uh, shoot it over to us. We would love to read it. If you want to help keep us running, you can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash podcast. <laughs> Become a patron and help us, you know, pay for our hosting. Yeah, Patreon really helps content creators be able to continue to create their content. And it just kind of helps us break even on the costs of producing this podcast. And it would be really awesome if you wanted to help out. If you like it, you can be a part of it. Also, to help us out, you can rate, review, and subscribe. All of, the, all of those things are extremely helpful for us. They help other listeners find us. Yeah. Word of mouth, also good. Yeah. <laughs> our website is gwbbpodcast.com. You can find all of our episodes there as well as some other things bubbling out of our witchy cauldron. Good Witches, Bad Bitches is powered by Moon Bounce. Moon Bounce.